Support for this podcast comes from TPT Digital, TransPerfect Specialized Division, helping brands boost their global presence and international performance. This is Off the Clock with your hosts, Shane Madden and Whit Harwood, taking a deep dive into the structural changes into the business world as a result of the global pandemic. Hi everyone, I'm Shane. And I'm Whit. And welcome to another episode of Off the Clock, where today we're joined by Mark Power, CEO of Pidean, to discuss how brands can use gaming to reach international consumers. As the world of gaming grows significantly, we discuss predictions for 2021, the evolution of gaming, and how brands can look at this new channel to build new customer relationships. We've got plenty to get to today, so Whit, I think we should jump right in. Awesome, let's do it. Hey guys, thanks a million for joining us today. Um, welcome to Off the Clock, brought to you by Shane Madden, Senior Director of TransPerfect, TBT Digital. Um, with us today is my co-host, Whit Harwood, who's a Product Delivery Manager for NBC Peacock, the new streaming service. Um, and we're also super excited to have our guest speaker on today, Mark Power. Um, Mark has been a, uh, what can be defined as a friend, a mentor, a client, a partner, in lots of different roles for, uh, for many different companies over the years. And I guess uh, I've had the pleasure of spending some time with Mark on and off the field. Um, probably most memorable is our uh, few days in, in the Cannes Lion Festival in the south of France last year. He's, he's an amazing guy. So we're, we're thrilled to have him on the, uh, on the podcast today. So Mark, what's up, man? How, how, how are things going? Oh, thank you very much, Shane, Whit, for, for having me. Things are good. Uh, 2020 has thrown a lot at folks. Uh, it's been, you know, uh, quite a tough year for many, but uh, in the space that I, I, myself and my company works in, it's been um, quite, a, quite a year for us just because, you know, we work across e-commerce and now in the world of live marketing, esports, and gaming, and, and all of those areas are just absolutely accelerating since COVID kicked off. So, um, you know, it's been a busy year, <clears throat> but one which, which comes with some, some mixed blessings for us. So uh, looking forward to exploring this further with you today. Yeah, amazing, mate. Um, thanks again for joining us. It's much appreciated. Um, I guess be- before we get started, do you want to give us the skinny on kind of who you are, what your company is doing? Um, yeah, we'd love to kind of learn more. Yeah, sure. So I'm a 25-year digital veteran. Got stuck in there back in the, the late 90s, ended up in London. I'm, a, I'm Australian originally. And as a young marketing professional, grew, grew my career in the, in the digital space. Um, fast forward, I'm, I'm now the, I'm the founder and CEO of an of a, of a agency called Podian. We're a global Amazon agency and marketplace consultancy. And so we help brands around the world um, leverage all that's happening in the Amazon ecosystem and the world of marketplaces. Um, but that's also why we've now launched, um, recently we launched a live marketing agency called Livecraft, and it is helping brands immerse, immerse brands really in this very, very exciting space of gaming and uh, live commerce, which we're very excited with. We've got some great, great campaigns and great brands that we're helping in that space right now. But really, we're trying to help brands connect with this generation live, which we see as a as a big opportunity. But a lot of brands are still um, struggling with other channels, and, and it's hard for them to get to grips with what the opportunities are. So we're trying to help many clients understand the opportunities and then activate in the, in those uh, in the new area of live. Yeah. So. Given, given the topic or the theme of this, um, 
this episode is monetizing gaming as, as a function of the great dispersion, which is COVID. Uh, I'd be super interested to hear your thoughts in terms of like, I guess the gaming economic models, what the future holds for this space, what you guys are seeing. And like, you just touched on something that I think is really, really interesting, which is you're trying to be the conduit or the nexus point between this new Gen Z and, and other generations and brands. So how are you creating that experience for your customers? It's a pretty loaded question. I'm, so, I'm sorry, but it's, it's definitely, it's an, it's an important topic. Well, I think everyone's talking about, you know, this world of gaming and we, we believe that gaming and that what's been happening in the gaming space for the last, you know, almost 10 years is actually the foundation of this world of live marketing that we now know um, and, and is, it is still evolving. But, it, but it, at its roots is the gaming space. And just to give you some context, um, the gaming the gaming area uh, or the gaming industry is currently a $140 billion industry. And I think it's going to be even more this year. That might be a 2019 number. So you can just imagine what 2020 is going to be like. But that's like six, seven times bigger than the music industry and almost three or four times bigger than the movie industry. This is a very, gaming is ingrained in society. So you've got, I think, 60% of adults um, are currently engaged in gaming, whether it be mobile, whether it be PC, or whether it be through a console like a, an Xbox or a PlayStation or something like that. That's a huge amount of the population engaged. And then you've got platforms, what we call distribution platforms like Twitch, and, and now you've got YouTube and others that are distributing the content generated by um, people who are playing games and people who want to watch people playing games and immerse themselves in this in this in this space. So it's not a fringe thing anymore. It's not something where it's like, oh, there's the gamers over there. Let's go and touch them. Gaming is ingrained in society right now and it will continue to grow. So we see gaming as really the foundational sort of part of this live space. But now what we're seeing is gaming. What they've built is these big communities that that now, for example, Twitch, which is a um, you know a gaming monetization platform and distribution platform, it's now moving into sport, it's moving into music, it's moving into entertainment, it's moving into more um, wider things than just gaming. So we um, we think that this is an incredibly exciting opportunity, but brands don't know. Very few brands know how to activate in this area. Um, and some think that it's an advertising play or something that's just a, a sponsorship play. It's way more than that. So so for brands that have open minds that are ready to take some risk, there's a really, really big opportunity there. But it's not just gaming, but gaming is a foundation of, of what it is. Yeah, and I guess it's one of those spaces where sort of like the, the sports or extreme sports community, you've got to really engage consumer segment that that is dialed up into these um kind of gaming platforms right so it's you, you mentioned there so i think actually the market size in 2020 is estimated to be 160 billion so it's one of those spaces that on a 60 billion i think of that as in the us right so it's one of those spaces that i think is just so interesting and i guess with what what like given your experience in the in the streaming uh the streaming sector with mbc peacock do you like I, I think 160 billion is probably bigger than you know the the, the traditional media segment globally as well. So what what do you think of this? This is an industry where this is a kind of a, a sector. Well, I, I think when Mark dropped that figure, it, it it is really easy to just kind of have your jaw hit the floor because 
most of us, and this is coming from a guy who grew up gaming actively, still think of it as a, a fringe thing. I can still remember when I was in grade school and, you know, this one kid made a prediction that one day there are going to be audiences watching more people playing games and watch NFL games. And we all laughed. And at, now we're actually at a point where not only is gaming driving its own business unto itself, that 140 billion, 160 billion figure, but it's also driving innovation from the live streaming perspective. And we're seeing it actually carry the torch for what a lot of what really hasn't been uh, innovated on in the last 15, 20, 40 years. I mean, the, the NFL, consuming an NFL game in the U.S. is predominantly the exact same as it was in 1972, right? And you turn on your TV, you go to a broadcast network, and you sit back on your couch for three, three and a half hours. Yeah, and wait, passive. Yeah. It's passive. Passive, exactly. And you're fed information versus participant being an active participant. And that's what these new platforms are allowing you to do, both the gaming platforms themselves, but also the distribution platforms. Yeah, and the trajectory of this is, you know, it is the innovator's dilemma, right? There are enough people who have been watching games this way for so long, and this is this extends far outside the sports realm too, as, you know, AOC was on Twitch uh, in the last couple of months. You know, there, this is in pop culture now in a way that I think there's no really coming back from. And so the, the way that gaming um, is just driving – the the media and tech areas forward i i think there's no putting the genie back in the bottle yeah so mark i've got a question for you so given the market size of this thing so 160 billion globally um you've obviously set up a, a gaming kind of consultancy firm or rather a, a, comp, uh, a company to help brands optimize this thing do you think brands at the moment have a good handle on this or do you think there's there there's a clearly room for growth but do you have any examples of brands that have done a good job in this space? Do you have any clients or any, any stories that you could share with us? Yeah, you know, firstly, I don't think many brands have a good grip uh, in this space. They usually say, hey, we want to do something in gaming, and they brief their creative agency who really doesn't, very few of them understand really the dynamic of this space because there's a lot of moving pieces. The thing is, when, you, when, you're a, when you're a marketing or CMO, you're stuck in this world of line items and you've got a line item for brand advertising, you've got a line item for digital, you've got media, you've got all these line items, but there's, there's no, where does gaming sit in there, right? It, it can be a performance channel, it can be a, a brand channel, it can be an e-commerce channel, it can also be an experiential and something that could be taking innovation dollars. But but it's, it's just sitting in this no man's land of where's the bucket of money to be put in, to invest. And so you need a very forward thinking CMO or forward thinking brand. And that's why you've got the likes of Chipotle, who has some great activations happening in this space to engage with the communities. You don't advertise. You don't just sponsor. You have to really be coming up with really interesting ideas and programs, connecting with um, you, know, uh, you know, content creation, um, content creators and influencers. And these programs can be quite complex and they take a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, so, so the complexity is one um, and things might get a little bit smoother in the future, but at the moment we're still, everyone's still finding their way. And the other thing is a lot of brands are sort of scared of this live space. They're scared of the, the, the brand safety concerns. Oh, what if something goes wrong live? Well, mm. is, is there's a lot of measures you can put in place 
But yeah, in a live environment like live TV, like live sports, there's always something that can go wrong. But a lot of brands just don't have that risk mentality because they're sort of stuck in their last year's line items way. And and what we saw in the mobile evolution, and Shane, you were there for some of that with me, what we saw with that is brands weren't evolving quickly because mobile wasn't a line item. So where does live and gaming sit? So I think that brands that Brands that are progressive are going to start moving into this space, but some will be left behind because they're just stuck in their traditional way. Yeah. But Mark, couldn't you make the argument that live actually is one of the way in in this world of spots and dots and kind of everybody's become a little bit um, just immune to the advertising that's around them and VOD, just anything, pictures, video, what have you, has kind of become commoditized. Couldn't you argue that Live is just objectively the next frontier in which you can kind of capture time and attention. Yep. I mean, you, you nailed it there. I, I truly believe it. But it's interesting that it's still such a new space. Um, right. I even had a thought this morning when I, when I was preparing for this. I'm like, hang on. At the moment, why isn't Netflix making a much bigger play in this, play, in this space? It would be mad yeah. to with hundreds, potentially hundreds of millions of subscribers. I was watching with my children the other day a Bear Grylls interactive interactive show where they got to choose what Bear Grylls did in this whole experience. It was very basic. It was very easy for them to use. But what, what about the world of live? Why can't Netflix broadcast live things and create much more interactive? Amazon's in a great place to do this too, as are, as are some others. But I see the world of gaming and the world of, you know, this, this video on demand and this world of live streaming all sort of coming together at some point and, and reshaping the marketing industry. That's what we see. What do you, um, so with all this shift and, and change and I guess it's, it, it, it's, it's just a paradigm, a paradigm change in what we're seeing. Like, what do you think is going to happen with the, the traditional content producers like the EA sports or the activation blizzards? Do you think there's a place for them in, in this market or, or what, what, what do you think? Yeah, I do. I think that they're traditional publishers who make incredible gains, but they are they're sort of stuck with distribution partners, right? And and I and I the distribution partners are Sony, um, who have their own challenges because there's a lot of innovation happening in the space. You've got Microsoft, who's formidable, that you know have Xbox, but then you've got Amazon that owns Twitch, which is a distribution platform where games garner a lot of popularity. I, I just see some of the traditional publishers, perhaps you know they've got they've got great content, but you know they're still stuck in a traditional monetization of that content. Versus the modern Epic Games, for example, and some of the new games companies that are getting huge amounts of growth, not just through consoles but mainly through mobile cross-platform, huge amounts of growth in weeks. Um, the likes of Fortnite, and then they're not just giving away these games, but they're making billions of dollars with content in-game plus brand partnerships, and they've built these platforms such as Epics or Unreal Engine, which is um, which is a, a, one of the assets that was um, created by the founder of Epic Games. And now they're powering not just games, but movies and all sorts of experiences, and they've got they're in a much better place to monetize everything than the traditional publishers. Although the traditional publishers may be able to catch up, it's going to take take some serious investment. Yeah. I, you know, one of the, when we were prepping for this session, one of the interesting stats I came across just to kind of uh, accentuate your point is like, so if we take Roblox, they have 31 million 
uh, monthly active users. Of that, 7 million, so what, 25% of those users have made, like created, published at least one game. So of their, of their consumer base, they've got a quarter of those producing content. So I, I don't know if you're a traditional producer or publisher, I don't know how you compete against that. It's that, that, that in of itself is, is development of an ecosystem. And I, I, I yeah, I, I would probably be a little bit concerned about that if I was a competitor. Yeah. And the scale is nuts. Like we're helping at the moment um, back to Fortnite, we're creating unique experiences for our clients within the game for them to bring in um, uh, influencers and content creators, for them to bring in their brand ambassadors and for them to bring in potentially the press and other other important people in their world to launch a new product or mm. to um, feed back on, on, on an initiative or to launch an initiative. So there's some, like that's incredible. We're not going to the Bahamas to do something now. That's yeah. the brief we got. We can't go to the Bahamas. Can we do something in-game? Yeah. And that's the type of brief that we're getting from progressive, progressive marketers. And it's quite incredible what you can achieve. Ultimately, the platforms will make money. The content creators will make money. And the, the brand themselves will drive new sales from a, an audience that has been hard to get, which is this younger, soon-to-be affluent audience who are growing up in these experiences and the digital, the digital um, you know, um, playing in a, in a digital experience meeting people, hanging out with people in a digital world is what they do. And my son, who's seven years old, playing, you know, the games like Roblox, this is what they do to socialize. So how do brands equip for that future? Well, you have to be looking at it now and prepare prepare for what to, what's to come. Yeah, right on. I, I, I guess I don't want to bring the town down, but you, you mentioned Epics. Uh, they're, they're certainly uh, right in the spotlight at the moment with their... I guess they're uh, they're back and forth with Apple over the the commission on the rails. So I think the issue there is that Apple is charging Epic's and other game uh, content producers thirty uh, percent commission. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you see do you see any any kind of outcome in in, in terms of the content producers like Epic's and in, in, in that respect? Look, I I sort of get both parties' point of view. I always try to look at both parties' point of view. It's one of my life things, but. Look, I, I, I see why Epic would be upset, but look at the infrastructure and the user base Apple has created, and the same would be with Google, the same would be with other major tech um, players. To do business on their platforms, there's a cost, and you know that cost, and you know what's at stake. So I see I see Epic's point of view as, oh, this is a lot, and we're, we're paying too much, and, hey, yeah, it'd be good to go and renegotiate, but the way they've done that is, is quite an aggressive move. I think only Epic... We've probably had enough um, uh, enough uh, confidence to be able to do something like that to such a big ply. But to be honest, I'm also very respective of the amount of investment that Apple has put into building its user base, its products, and and everything there. And the same goes with others. And and to play in these walled gardens, Google, Apple, Facebook, and um, and Amazon, it comes at a cost. And if you know what that cost is, you know what the entry price is, and you got to deal with that. So. I, I sort of see both parties, but what the outcome will be, I'm not sure. It's annoying at the moment because you can't download this if you're new yeah. to the game or what have you. But there has to come, there has to be an outcome at some point. But I wouldn't want to be in um, in that courtroom either way because <laughs> it's a lot of money spent. 
No, Mark, no, I want to go back to something you said before, um, which is, you know, you have your seven-year-old son, he's meeting people on this platform, he's developing relationships, and, and he's obviously learning how to live and breathe in this space. Um, what are some of the impacts that you think around uh, social currency are going to come out of this? Because I, I, you alluded to it a little while ago, too, but the the sense of ownership in this space is really interesting when people start favoring or at least valuing digital goods and services that are transacted on top of these platforms these are truly worlds do you have any sense about how brands um could create value for uh members of these gaming communities and kind of what kind of services or products that they could be included in these spaces yeah i think for me, marketing is usually a value exchange, right? And and I think that brands that are thinking not just, oh, let's go sponsor something or advertise something, but like, what's the value we bring? At the moment, a brand can partner with a content creator and that content creator can then give that brand attention and exposure through its community in a, in a genuine, authentic way. And, and in return, they will ask their community to support that brand. And it's very transparent at the moment in the place in places like Twitch and, and, and distributed via YouTube, Instagram and the like. But it's a very transparent thing. I think, I think it's going to evolve into um, we're a brand. We're going to give you and give you something in return for you for you, just like just like ad supported models that uh, some of the big the big media companies are pursuing is we're going to give you something and in return we'd like your eyeballs or your attention for a little bit. So would that be a skin in Fortnite? Would that be some form of digital currency for you to go and spend? I mean, this is sort of already happening, but I think there's going to be more types of value exchange, right? And it could be special access to the next game and release or you're going to open, we're going to open the door to this, this experience in this digital world. I think, though, with where it's going to go, and we, we touched on this the other day, is where the digital can then be converted into the physical. So as a brand, we give you access to this. Do you like it? Oh, here's a coupon code. You're now going to get this special access to this special product, and it's going to be delivered to you tomorrow in a physical format. Even though you've been wearing those shoes, wearing that shirt, wearing those glasses in Fortnite, it's going to be delivered to you tomorrow or this afternoon if we're using Amazon Prime Prime now. Like pretty powerful stuff. And I think this digital to physical is where marketers start thinking, what does that look like for their products? We work with a big beauty brand and we're immersing them and with a with the with a content creator who has several million followers and and now that content creator is empowering young women in this gaming community with you know makeup tutorials and things. Now this is a traditional gamer, right? Who's now partnering with the beauty brand but what does that look like she is a cosmetic in Fortnite. now that cosmetic is very colorful but now she's trying to say hey look you know here's some colors that that could make you look like my like like my skin in Fortnite. so so what does that look like in the world of beauty or apparel or or even automotive um we're working on a very exciting project to launch a car in this type of environment what does that look like we're very excited about what the future might hold, but I don't think that you're just going to give away cars left, right, and center in return for eyeballs. <laughs> but there's definitely going to be experiences and, and some form of value exchange, and they, they'll continue to evolve. Um, but I think that brands, yeah, still have a long way to go to get their head around it. 
Well, it's interesting because you the way you describe it to me it, it evokes, and uh, you know, at, at least when we were growing up, it, it almost evokes the the uh, concept of, of this being the new mall, right? Except if you were almost incentivized to go to the mall, right? It's it's there. It's this place where you have a wealth of brands, you have a wealth of different places where you can um, buy different products, but also meet with your friends. And, you know, what you're almost describing to me almost gives me ancillary FOMO of like, I'm not on these platforms right now. What am I missing? Right? What, yeah. what other exchange of goods and services should I have? And I think to touch back on something that you talked about a little while ago, too, there's data collection in this space that's going to dictate personalization. And when this starts becoming this kind of uh, world unto itself that's personalized for you and is also yielding physical products, I, I think the, that convergence of kind of this, and people have alluded to it as the metaverse or mixed reality, is something that's going to be extremely powerful because you're going to see and have tangible um, just basically products that you are getting from being in this space. Yeah, well... If, if we look at the, the online shopping experience at the moment, going back to your shopping mall, like yeah. uh, I, I'm old enough to remember a thing called Second Life. I don't know if some some people who are listening might remember, but back in the 2000s, there was... You're showing your age, buddy. There was this virtual reality world which people could have an avatar and wander around, and it was just so well ahead of its time, and it was one of those things where, you know, it wasn't mobile, it was desktop. It was mm -hmm. back in the early 2000s. Imagine if that launched on mobile. They could be huge right now, but, you know, that we didn't even have broadband properly distributed in those days. But, but this, this evolution of the, the physical experience or the physical shopping experience or, you know, kids don't go to shopping malls to hang out anymore. That's what I did when I was growing up. Like my, right. my kid is going into, um, at the moment, Roblox. Soon he'll be into Fortnite and he's hanging with his friends. What does the digital shopping look like in the future? What does shopping look like in the future? Will they go into a shop and in exchange for some money, currency for, you know, doing things in that game that will give them special access and see products and, and conduct commerce in a way that we've never seen before? I think that's where it's going. In fact, I know that's where it's going. Um, I just see, yeah, I see some very, very different consumer behaviours on the way and, you know, if you don't get your head around that, um, you're going to be left out because no one's going to be watching linear TV. I think that I do think outdoors going to evolve um, and be a little bit more connected and connected to commerce. But at the moment, you know, this digital world is, is going to continue to be you know, a place that that brands will need to conduct commerce, not just be um, you know, seeking attention. If, if Mark, if I was to ask you to take your crystal ball out and give a prediction as to where or when you think gaming will be the next mobile. So when you and I first worked together, probably what, 2014, that was when mobile was starting to kind of grow legs. If, if you when were... mobile was becoming a discipline that brands needed to really get their head around, and it was still 2016 where they were still going, hmm, not sure if we do, we do Facebook advertising. That's our mobile strategy. So, so even though we all had phones and we, you know, there were there were definitely great companies out there doing great stuff, but generally big brands that can't move as fast weren't getting it. So I think 2021 will be, there'll be a lot of content coming out. There'll be a lot of brands doing unique things. We've got some really cool campaigns and what we'd call immersions coming up in this space. 
but I think they're going to be for the progressive brands the next one to two years. And then there'll be a wake up call by 2023 where it's, oh gosh, um, we've been left out of this hurry, hurry up. And I mean, we even saw that with e-commerce guys. You know, I wrote a book last year called Amazon for CMOs. And up until February this year, folks at senior, senior folks at brands were like, we don't need to partner with Amazon because we don't think it's it's really relevant to, to to what we're doing now. Every brand has to find a way to partner with Amazon because it's where the people are gravitating to to conduct to, to conduct commerce as they are with other D 2 C and 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 marketplaces. So so I think that you know I'm always for innovating and going and testing and learning, and I think the winners will be made in the next year or so. Do you think that there's potential for a not just a Twitch, but do you think there's potential for a gaming-like marketplace whereby people, and I know what you're talking about is, so you're in a game that's a very immersive experience, and then there's there's a call to action which you can potentially buy a product that gets delivered through Amazon Prime, but do you think there's potential for, for some sort of a marketplace for gaming where they, they kind of marry the two versus one on top of the other? I'll go wilder than that, mate. Um, if you want wild, I actually think that there is going to be the ability for us to monetize ourselves in the digital world. So not just uh, a billboard or a room or a concert that Travis Scott does and whoever's sponsoring that. I think that I'll be able to come up to you and you'll say, these are the brands that I care about. And we can do that in a digital world. We may even do that in a physical world one day, but... I do believe that I'll be able to say these are the brands I love. And then just like I used to walk down the street saying, look at these new Nikes and look at my new polo shirt when I was a kid, I'll be doing that in a digital environment because I'll be able to choose the brands that I want to wear and be part of. Not just in apparel, it might be in other areas as well, brands that I want to be associated with, which I think is a really interesting space. Um, I think that's going to come at some point, but it's a couple of years away. Yeah, it's one of those, and Whit and I have actually spoken about this a lot. Um, Elon Musk <laughs> touches on it quite a bit as well. It's it, it's the uh, it's it, I guess it's it's the digitized self and then the the the, the real self, the in person self, and it's trying to it's the cleavage, it's the marriage between the two, and then brands how how they how they can fit into that. So yeah, I think that's super interesting. We're already already seeing the fact that your physical self sometimes in the social world is very different to the world that you sorry that the self you portray everyone you portray to everyone right 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 in the world of influencers you see them in real life and then you go well hang on that's very different so I think the digital your digital expression could be whoever you want it to be um, and and whatever it should look like um, I'm I'm a little bit more true to myself I'm happy to show the gray hair and the and the and the and the and the, the, the sunspots, but but I think some folks are going to want to be able to portray themselves, and I think that's an interesting interesting space that's going to develop is is how do I get portrayed in cross platform environments, right? Not just Epic. Can I take my avatar in Epic and port? It's called portability, and it's something we can't do in the world of social that they want to solve, but I doubt it will be solved. But what's my portability across the world of gaming in these digital digital worlds? Can I be portable across um, an Epic Games through to an EA Sports game through to something else? That's an interesting thing that I think may need to be evolved at some point, but it's a while off. Yeah. So I've got a question for you, my last question, and it's not related to, to gaming. But so 
uh, Mark used to, to live in, in, in New York City with his wife and kids, uh, I guess was there for eight, nine, ten years. And uh, when COVID hit, decided to move to uh, Newport in California. So quite a, quite a shift in lifestyle. And the question, I guess, Mark, is do, do you make that move with your family cross country if it's not for COVID? I was always going to make this move. <laughs> Fair. Like, COVID the surfboard behind you to tell it all. Right, right. <laughs> Like no COVID was an accelerator, but I tell you what, my son still, even though we're in sunshine here and it's seventy-two degrees, he's still playing Roblox today. Um, even though I wish he would, he's going to the park now, so I can get some peace and quiet. But, but it's it's quite fascinating just how engaged uh, kids and and young adults are in this digital world. I'm not saying that I didn't, you know, do play video games growing up, but it was it was very much a you know you know sub pastime, not really my lifestyle. And, and there's a digital lifestyle that the, the younger generation is growing up with. Um, and I think that that is a, a very different sort of type of audience to what we're used to, which is, as we were talking about, being passive, being fed messages. Then we brought in addressability. Well, soon it's going to be, hey, I want to choose what I'm doing here because I'm in control. And I think that's going to be a very different way. And, and, and forward-thinking marketers are going to start to understand that. But the traditional brands may, may really, really struggle. Yeah, amazing. So, Mark, to, to round us off, um, founder, CEO, uh, former executive of one of the big holding companies. Um, do you want to give our listeners a, a, a quick uh, a quick intro, a reminder of what your book is, where they can find you on Twitter or LinkedIn? And um, yeah, 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 I'm on LinkedIn, Mark Power. You'll see uh, you'll see there's lots of content that my company produces around the world of commerce and Amazon, and then um, I, I do welcome anyone out there if they want to discuss the world of live marketing and what the opportunities are for their particular category and how to really start and, and start exploring this space and also build business cases. We do that for a lot of our clients to justify spending in this space, which is still an unknown. Um, you know, Livecraft is our is our um, company that's doing really cool things in this space, but uh, we welcome any discussions around with folks who, who at least are interested in, in understanding and learning more. And what's the name of the book? Uh, the book I wrote was Amazon for CMOs with uh, Kiri Masters, who's another Amazon thought leader. And it really is just a strategic view of, 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 of Amazon and how brands should be treating it as a, as a strategic imperative and not just a, a sales channel. And how can people get it? Uh, they can get it on Amazon, of course. Um, <laughs> We're still at five stars. Um, we're, we are pretty proud of the work because it was well pre-pre-COVID that we wrote this, but it's all still highly relevant. Um, but it does give folks at all levels, really, um, just a good view of the importance of Amazon in, in today's current society. Amazing. All right. Well, Mark, really appreciate your time. We'll let you get back to the surfboard over there in California while Whit and I figure out our New York late, late night plans. But really appreciate your time. It's super interesting. It's definitely... Uh, this is a this is a, a segment that Whit and I have been talking about for a while because it is top of mind, and I do think there's well, we we both think there's going to be some some interesting news in this. So really appreciate yeah, your insight. Thanks, so thanks as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it too. Take care. Thank you for joining us, Mark. And as always, thank you to our listeners. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, you can reach us personally on off the clock at tptdigital.com. For more information on how you can optimize your marketplace to grow your international consumer base head to our website, tbtdigital.com.